0: The CDC is now advising healthcare workers to ration masks, to use expired masks, even use bandanas or scarves as a last resort. Docs across the country are starting to get sick, and docs and nurses are worried about what this means for us and for our patients.
1: At the hospital where I work, a patient recently came in to be tested for the coronavirus. By the time the test came back positive, nine medical staff had been exposed. They were told to self-quarantine at home for 14 days. But now, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have changed their guidelines for healthcare workers fighting the coronavirus. The CDC says it's now okay for those who may have been exposed and even showing symptoms to keep working, as long as they wear a mask. These frontline fighters are then going home to their spouses, maybe their kids, and worrying about infecting them, too. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction.
0: Yeah, I'm sort of situated with a baby on my lap, and I'm worried if I move, she's going to wake up. I don't want her to wake up and start screaming. (laughs) It's a matter of minutes.
1: (laughs) I spoke with Rachel Patzer, director of the Center of Health Services Research at Emory, and her husband, Dr. Justin Schrager, who's a physician in Emory's emergency department and ask them how the coronavirus has affected their family life.
0: Yeah, so we have a, a six-year-old, almost seven-year-old. She's a first grader. And we have a pre-K a son. Um, he's almost five, turns five in a few weeks, um, and then we just had a baby. So we've got three kids now, and um, it's a lot to handle, especially when you know, Justin's not in the house <laughs>
1: at the moment. Justin is in the garage, right? Correct. <laughs> and, it, and this is a little apartment that you have attached to your garage, which because you're an emergency room doctor and oftentimes work uh, odd shifts, you, you had sort of already had this. But now this has become your permanent home or at least temporary permanent home
2: yeah um so we just kind of sat down a few days ago and said hey you know if i'm going to keep working in the er keep treating people and it's possible for me to be infected and not know it or have no symptoms or minimal symptoms and then infect our little baby it would be well it was an incredibly hard decision
1: yeah it's a new reality for for you and i think a, a new reality for a lot of people in different ways Rachel, I mean I, so I have 3 kids as well. Mm-hmm. How are you managing? So you're trying to homeschool your kids alone and right. you have a newborn. How's that right. doing?
0: Um, it's definitely challenging for me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm trying to give myself a little bit of grace and understanding when I have to put the kids in front of the TV longer than I anticipate. You know, emotionally, it's it's certainly challenging. And then, of course, I'm up all night with the baby and she's eating every two to three hours. And so I'm tired and my my patience is more limited than it normally is.
1: You know, it strikes me, Rachel, that you all are being very diligent about this and, and modeling great behavior, and I hope people are listening. But you know, there's been a lot of stories about people still not taking this very seriously, um, not physically right. distancing themselves, and I'm just wondering, how does it make you feel when you see those stories?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that really motivated a lot of emotion for me. Um, you know, a few days ago when I saw pictures over the weekend, we had a beautiful day in Atlanta. In fact, that morning when, you know, this was before Justin had moved out to the garage, uh, we went on a a hike that, you know, there weren't that many people out. But then I had a friend text me a picture of uh, people out and about at bars and restaurants. And they were, you know, within a foot of each other, lots of people in crowds. And um, I think that was really hard for me to see. And, you know, to know that, Justin's got to go back in there and it's, it's going to be worse and worse if people aren't listening to the public health advice.
1: It seems, Rachel, sometimes the sentiment is, I'm not taking it seriously. As an epidemiologist, how do you convince people that does make yeah. a difference?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think trying to explain the, you know, that this is an exponential risk and that if, you know, you have it, you're likely to infect at least two others and then they're likely to infect two others. Um, you know, if you can convince other friends and your family members to do the same, modeling that behavior really influences others.
2: Yeah. Can I add on to something Rachel said? So um, what I worry about the most in my ER uh, when I'm working there is if all of a sudden there's a tremendous number of people that need services. And the only way that happens is if people are exposed all at once. And the best way to prevent that is to keep your distance. Um, What scares me the most is if you have an Italy type situation where Hundreds of thousands of people fall ill simultaneously.
1: Has your your daily work changed? I mean, are you still seeing the same number of emergency room patients for other things as you used to, or is it predominantly coronavirus, or not much?
2: Over half of our patients are now there with respiratory symptoms of some sort. Um, they're under, let's say, under investigation for potential coronavirus, uh, whereas before be a much smaller percentage.
1: You know, we talk about social or physical distancing from people, but it really does strike me, even when I've been at the hospital recently, Justin, that it's very hard to actually obviously do that in a hospital. And I'm not talking just in terms of care of patients. I'm talking just in, in terms of moving around the hospital, the, team, the teamwork that is, is required. It's hard to practice what you preach within your own job sometimes.
2: Yeah. Um, we try to be cognizant of it, remind each other not to touch our faces, not to share food, not to pass things around. We we do our best, you know.
1: I know. And it's very much appreciated, you know, I think, by everybody. And look, people are listening to you, too. I mean, Rachel, you tweeted about your family situation, and it's safe to say that it went viral. I'm not sure that we should still be using that term, but um, <laughs> President Obama retweeted you. And, yeah. Yeah. And He said, we owe you a, yeah, I bet you were surprised.
0: (laughs) Uh, It was definitely a shock. I mean, I just tweeted that, you know, out of frustration one night after Justin and I were FaceTiming after the kids were finally in bed and our newborn was in my arms. And I just was feeling, I guess, a bit emotional as uh, expected when you have a newborn and just, you know, thinking about and seeing those images of people over the weekend outside and out and about and feeling kind of some of that frustration And, um, you know, I didn't obviously think that it would go that far, but I think there must have been something that really resonated in that message that other people were feeling as well. So, um, you know, I woke up the next morning and um, realized that it really had taken off.
1: Well, I think it helped a lot of people. I mean, it made it very real. Mm -hmm. Justin, you know, when you were describing the decision, obviously, of living in this, this apartment in the garage away from your family... I got a little pit in my stomach, um, because you have a newborn baby who is just a month old now and you don't, I guess, get to hold your baby. And, and you've done this with your other kids. I, I don't want to, to be gratuitous, but how, how emotional has that been for you?
2: Well, um, you know, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's very tough to be separated, especially from, you know, from Sadie and just be able to, Hold her and spend time with her, get to know her. Let's just say it depletes your reserve. Your resiliency drops a little bit when you don't have that extra little bit at the end of the day to look forward to.
1: How will you decide, Justin, when you feel that it's safe to go back to a more normal life where you can, you know, be, spend time with your kids again?
2: Honestly, I do not know the answer to that question. I mean, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try and. Keep my ear to the ground, and I have a lot of contacts that work in, um, you know, ID epidemiology at the CDC. A lot of friends in Atlanta that work there, and pretty much every day, I'm, you know, I'm asking them for more information and trying to get inside track on it because, you know, it's my primary goal is to get through this outbreak, and I think every healthcare provider in the whole country is feeling the same way. I don't know how I'm going to decide when it's safe for me to just head back into the house and be around the baby.
0: Yeah, I think I that's something, you know, we didn't talk about when we made this decision. And I think that is also something that I really struggle with is just when is it going to end and how long this, will this go on? How old will our newborn be when mm. her dad gets to hold her again? But I think it's also, you know, very aware of if Justin's sick and can't be there in the hospital, you know, what does that right. mean for the patients that he needs to treat? And might that be the situation in other places?
1: It's a lot what you guys are going through right now. Um, so I really, I really applaud you because I think y- you're doing a lot to educate people and we all, every, every one of us, owes you a debt of gratitude. So thank you very much for your time.
0: Thanks for
2: having us. Thanks for having us.
1: So if you're feeling isolated, maybe a little scared, know that doctors and nurses around the globe are too, but they're making the best of a bad situation even if it means living in the garage. If you're still considering going out for a drink, think about those on the front lines and do a FaceTime happy hour instead. Do it for all of our healthcare workers. Remember, you can always head to cnn.com coronavirus and sign up for our daily newsletter, which features the latest updates on this fast-moving story from CNN journalists around the globe. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening.